uh, please join me in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for the songs that you've given to us this evening. We pray for blessings for your uh, workers, Lord God, in the front and in the back, Lord God. I pray, Father, for blessings for them. And Lord, I pray for the Sunday school teachers tonight. I pray, Lord God, that you give them the wisdom, the patience, and the understanding, Lord God, for the children that are given to them. I pray for the children, Lord God. I pray that they will fall in love with you constantly as they learn more about you. And I pray, Lord God, for your children that are here in this auditorium tonight. Lord, I pray that you give them, Lord God, give them your message, Lord God, through me, Father. Override my preparations, Lord God. Let it be you who speaks to them. And I pray that your Holy Spirit in them, Lord God, be the one to give them the clarity of whatever it is you're trying to tell them. I pray, Lord God, for forgiveness for all of our sins. Let nothing, Lord God, hinder us from hearing you. And I pray, Lord God, for salvation for those who are still lost. And I pray, Lord God, for encouragement for those who are discouraged. And I pray, Lord God, for those people that you will be rebuking tonight. I pray for humility for them, Lord. I pray that they will be humble enough to take your lesson and hear your voice, Lord God, and repent, Lord. And again, Lord God, bless them. Bless all of us. Speak to us, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. We are still in our pursuit of happiness. I know this is a long weekend for most of us. And, um, uh, <laughs> right? and, and, and during long weekends, we try to pursue happiness. We try to be happy. We try to make an event out of it, correct? We try to get out of our long week of work, the re repetition of it, the boringness of it, right? We try to make the weekend happy, right? So, but in this church, when we go to church, when we read our Bible, our first goal, our first and foremost goal is to renew our minds. By the way, our title of our message tonight, still in the series of Pursuit of Happiness, this is the Pursuit of Comfort. We are still trying to expose or learn or identify or agree the lies of the enemy in the world that it teaches us throughout the week. You know, that it, it tells us that we need to pursue comfort. I know we last week we did, uh, through Brother Vince, we did the pursuit of success. And before that, it's pursuit of pleasure, pursuit of money. Now it's the pursuit of comfort. Um, before we do every, anything, we, we try to understand that the battleground is, in, you know, as Romans 12, 1 to 2 reads, right? Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy... To offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. The battleground for us believers and for the world is really in the mind, correct? Because everybody can say that they love God. Everybody can easily say they love God, but they, do they really know of God? Because how we live reveals what we know of our, our loved ones, right? Or our profession of love. How we act is, is, is a confession of that or the profession of that. The mind is the battleground. Throughout the week, we are all, we were all bombarded with the world's influence, 
whether intentionally or unintentionally, we see this, these information, these suggestions through your movies, through your shows, through the advertisement. The world constantly bombards us and tells us and tries to teach us that there is a pursuit of comfort. We need to be pursuing of comfort. So if you're sitting there and you're wondering, what's wrong with pursuing comfort? What's wrong with pursuing comfort? Pursue, pursuing comfort or comfort itself is not the problem. Comfort itself is not the problem. But for I'm speak, first speaking to the believers. If you are a Christ follower, comfort becomes wrong if you choose comfort over obeying God. Comfort becomes a problem when you choose comfort over obeying God's command. Now, we are not talking about contentment. Next slide, please. Next slide is Philippians 4. This is Paul. Paul speaking. And he says, I am not saying this because I am in need. For I have learned to be content whatever, for whatever circumstances. I know that it, what it is to be in need. I know what it is to, be, to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through Him who gives me strength. Now, that's contentment. Human nature, or the sinful nature, or, or our old sinful nature, is never content. There is no way to satisfy the craving of the flesh, whether it's for pleasure, for money, for success, for fame, or in tonight's lesson, for comfort. You will never be comfortable because you are never satisfied. Without touching, without going and walking with the Holy Spirit, you will never be comforted. Because, look at this, Paul says there, I have learned. I have learned to be content. Now, I'm going to speak to the, my, my fellow Filipinos who used to live in the Philippines and migrated here. Right? Again, there, it's, if, if you've been in another country, if you live in a different country, a third world for us, and you come here to the States, there's such a big difference. There's such a big difference. There's a big it's 180 degrees with our life on how we live our lives. Now, the negative things are there, but the positive things are different. Correct? Wider roads. And you can actually see a car go past 40 miles per hour, right? It's, it's actually easier. The traffic is actually better. Right? My, my friends from, from, uh, from the Philippines are here who are now currently living in Vegas. And we were just talking about this. And it, it's just a great thing to witness. But, you know, once you lived in America for quite some time, and then you forgot how bad it was in the Philippines, you tend to what? You tend to complain. You tend to say, oh my gosh, there's so, so many cars in the freeway. It's traffic. But then you remember in the Philippines what traffic is. Traffic is you're really not moving, right? That's traffic. Here, if there's a lot of cars in the freeway, we say, oh, it's traffic. But boy, we forgot, right? So we have to learn contentment. We have to learn it because we can easily forget it. Because, you know, comfort and contentment, it's not... Sometimes it's because we're just too comfortable or we're too complacent. 
when we become complacent, it doesn't change anything about the world. I shared the story on, on our, when our car was uh, uh, broken into. I was complacent. I was happy. So my feelings didn't matter on what was about to happen. My feelings didn't matter on what area we were going to be eating at. It didn't matter. They, it didn't matter at that time. When the people saw that there was luggage in the car and it was in that area where those people lurk, it didn't matter that me and my family were just hungry and wanted to eat. They didn't care. Right? But I was comfortable at that time. I was comfortable. So was my family. We were happy. We were comfortable. We wanted to eat. We were comfortable. We were complacent. It didn't change anything about the environment. And then we became a victim of that. <laughs> it's the same. Right now, are you all comfortable? Okay, so are you, is anybody comfortable? <laughs> okay, are you all comfortable? Is, it, is the AC working enough? Okay, yeah, not like last week, right? Last week was too hot, right? So the AC in this room makes the room comfortable, correct? Correct, but if you Google what the temperature is or what the weather is or how hot it is in Reno, it's different, correct? So the anomaly is this room. Because of the AC. It's the same thing with that comfort that we think we want to live in, that we think we want to have. This comfort for some, you know, if we just, if this is, this is Christians, this is me for a long time. If I can just ignore God's calling long enough, maybe he'll call someone else. If I can just ignore his nudges, maybe he'll call someone else. If I can just disobey him and disqualify myself long enough, maybe he'll call someone else. Because I'm comfortable living the way I was living. I was comfortable enough that I was just saved by grace and I'm just sitting there with you guys, attending church, practicing my faith, but not really living in obedience to God. So the difference between comfort and contentment is different. Um, next slide. Revelation. There you go. Revelation 3, 15 to 18. Brother Richard should be the one really teaching this passage here, but uh, I'll give it a shot. In Revelation 3, 15, Jesus says, I know everything you have done, and you are not cold or hot. I wish you were either one or the other. But since you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spit you out of my mouth. You claim to be rich and successful and to have everything you need, but you don't know how bad off you are. You are pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. But you buy your gold from me. It has been refined in the fire, and it will make you rich. Buy white clothes from me. Wear them, and you can cover up your shameful nakedness. Buy medicine for your eyes so that you will be able to see. So many things here. This can be a whole message on its own. But I want you to all to recognize that Jesus was speaking to the church in Laodicea. And then their water there was not, neither hot nor cold. It was that lukewarm. You know when you're drinking coffee? When you go to with your friend, you go out in Starbucks and you guys end up talking way too much. And then you drink your coffee like, I need a new cup. That's lukewarm. Correct? We all know what lukewarm is. 
and Jesus speaking to the believers, the church in Laodicea, that they think just because they were practicing church, just because they were doing what they think they should be doing, but really they were arrogant, they were prideful, because they were rich, they were thriving. It was a city that was really thriving. They have everything except hot water or cold water. The water that was going to their place was lukewarm. It was neither good for medicinal purposes or for drinking. Because everybody wants a cold water to drink, correct? Because there's no fridge during that time. <laughs> Not yet. But see, lukewarm Christians. Now we're talking about lukewarm Christians. Comfort. Comfort for us Christians makes us lukewarm. Because the synonym of, uh, of comfort is warm and comfortable. Right? Comfort and warm are synonymous to each other. So Christians, look at what Calvin Miller said, the late Calvin Miller says here. Many Christians are only Christaholics and not disciples at all. Disciples are cross-bearers. They seek Christ. Christaholics seek happiness. Big difference. Disciples dare to discipline themselves, and the demands they place on themselves leave them enjoying the happiness of their growth. Christaholics are escapists. Looking for a shortcut to nirvana. Like drug addicts, they are trying to, quote-unquote, bum out of their depressing world. So folks, are you a Christaholic or are you a Christian? Are you a Christ follower? So tonight we're going to discuss what comfort is, why it's wrong when it comes to obedience to God. The only way a believer or a person for that matter will listen to God is number one if they truly believe in him so folks do you really believe in God and if you truly believe in God and you hear his calling and you know his calling you know what he wants from you then it should reflect your obedience because if it didn't really say it then you don't really have to do anything but if it did say it a Christaholic is this, and I don't mean you, I mean your seatmate. <laughs> and I don't mean you guys here, but I mean the ones that are not here. Oh, I'm not kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. I'm just kidding. Christaholics are the ones that exercise church, the ones that practice religion. Coming to church is somewhat of a religion. If you don't do it, if you do it grudgingly, if you don't do it with joy, if you don't look forward to church, but then you make it here because you think you have to make it here, you're a Christaholic. And if you are believing in God because you have some prayer needs to be answered, if I can go to church seven times in a row, I know God will give me the seven things that I've been asking Him. <laughs> Christaholics are the ones that wants to, they want to believe in God because they want their good life, they want their comfortable life to be protected. Never change. Lord, I'm going to believe in you if you can protect this. Everything here. 
I'll believe in you. But until then, if you touch this, if you cross this line, if you ask me to pass this borderline, then you and I are done. That's why many believers, or they think they are believers, stop coming to church or stop completely drop their faith when a challenge in their life happens. Once any challenges happen in their lives, they're done with the world. They're done with the Lord. That's where a Christaholic is. But a, Christ, a Christian are the ones that carry the cross of Christ daily. Daily. So our second topic tonight is the, the road to following Christ. The road to following Christ, if you have been paying attention with your faith, it's not an easy road, correct? Yes, correct. I think I heard a whisper there. <laughs> it is not an easy one. It's a difficult one. Wide is the road to destruction. Narrow is the road to righteousness. In Luke 9.23, he reads, Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. And in Luke 14, in Luke 14, 26-27, If anyone comes to me and does not hate, Father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. So how then, how then now are we believing that the only way we can continue in this walk with the Lord if He continues to just bless us? If He continues to make our lives comfortable, that's the only time that I can continue to walk with Him. Why are we believing that? If we can see this here, it says here, take up his cross daily. Deny themselves. Hate, basically, making everyone else and everything else a lower priority on top of following him. If you claim to be a Christian, a little Christ, a Christ follower, I know I make fun of it so many times, but I love to make fun of it because it's an easy make fun. Does it end with your plate number? Does it end with your t-shirt? Or does it end with your tattoo? <laughs> For the new believers. <laughs> the new age believers. We, we put tattoos of our verses there. So that everybody knows we belong to Christ. But then do we live for Him? Do we deny ourselves? Do we deny ourselves? Do we just want the easy road? And without the easy road, if we, God doesn't make us comfortable, we're done with Him. Because we all know, if we're all going to be honest here, God has told us to do one thing for Him, one time in our life, and we denied Him. We said, no, it's too uncomfortable. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Right? We all know that. For those of us who accepted Christ, we are a new creation. But why do we live as if we are still not a new believer. In regards to comfort, it's so much easier to say no to the Lord. Lord, I know you've been telling me to share you with my friend who's been asking me about you, but I'm too shy. Can you just please call someone else? Can you please touch Pastor Joe's heart to share it with my loved ones? Because, you know, you didn't create me that way. He, he talks a lot. Send him over. He hasn't, he's not busy. <laughs> right? 
Do you guys know that the lobster, <laughs> not the lobster buffet, we all know that's at Boomtown, right? Do you know that the lobster, I know you guys just came from that. <laughs> the lobster changes its shell every year. I just found this out. Yeah. They actually, break, it breaks so that they can grow. They have to get out of their old shell so that they can grow in size. And then a new shell will build. But imagine the uncomfortable, that process. How comfortable is that lobster coming out of his shell? And then now corals are hitting him, right? A school of fish is trying to eat him. If he can talk, he's probably thinking, man, that old shell, why did I have to get rid of it? It was so much safer in there. But you know, if he stayed in his old shell, he could either die, right? Because it will become a prison for him. And he'll die because he needs to grow and he needs to get out of it. Believer, it's the same thing for you. You cannot, if you have accepted Christ as your Lord, you cannot stay the same. You are a new creation. There is something in you that is crying out that you're just denying. It's crying out to, to be used by God. And God constantly tells you that. But we're denying it. You hear it in the messages here. You read it in your, in your devotion. You read it in your, in your reading with the word. You hear it. You see it. But you just deny it because it's uncomfortable. It's not comfortable to follow the Lord, let's say this, all the time. Maybe one time when it's Christmas, oh yeah, I feel good. The Spirit, I could feel the Spirit. Yeah. All right. I, I could feel the Spirit. Right? I want to be good. I want to give. I want to be generous to this time. Because Christmas is here. And we need to be talking about Christmas now. September. Right? How many more days till Christmas? Right? When, when, when the emotions are there, is that the only time we follow? When we feel like it? Okay, I feel like I can be uncomfortable with this command that God is telling me to do. Today. But being uncomfortable for the Lord all the time is difficult. And that just shows to us what we know of God. It tells us that what we know of Him is either wrong or very little. Because God said, and, and, and if you're claiming that you love Him, Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments. Obey my commandments, not what you want. But my commandments. And then Jesus said this in John 16.33. I have told you these things. So that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart I have overcome the world. If you read the, the beginning part of chapter 16. Jesus was telling and spoken to the disciples. Well, what kind of trouble that they're going to be facing. What kind of trouble he's going to be going through. I mean, it's the same thing for us. If you are his disciple, he is telling you that following him, you will be hated by the world. And it's not comfortable to be hated by the world. It's not comfortable to be the Christian in your group of friends, correct? 
while everybody is still living a very worldly life and you're the person who's going to make a stand for the Lord, that moment it becomes so uncomfortable for you because it's one against 15. You're the oddball. I get it. It's uncomfortable. For you to say and, and, and tell your friends, I'm going to be going to church. That's uncomfortable at times because they don't take that lightly. They make fun of it. And I'm just talking about the minor things. How about the hard things? It's uncomfortable to follow God, especially if we know it's going to hurt us. Especially if we know He's asking something very important to us. But we need to constantly deny ourselves. We need to take comfort from God. We need to take our joy from Him. We need to get our peace from the Lord. Because Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ. What are those all things? You can learn contentment through Christ who strengthens you. You can unlearn the things that the world has told you to you can never have enough. You will never be satisfied. You can unlearn those things through Christ who strengthens you. Now use that verse properly this time. That verse, we use that verse to attain something, to gain something. We're actually, what, well, Paul actually wrote that so that we can be encouraged, that we can be strengthened to unlearn what the world has told us for many years and learn the new thing about being content with what God has given us. A big part of our problem is that we, the reason why we want to stay comfortable is that because we want to constantly disobey what God has been telling us. Here's some examples of the ones that were asked an uncomfortable or not an easy decision for him and what they have done. In Genesis 22-3, remember when Isaac was asked or when Abraham was asked for Isaac? Remember that? Go get Isaac, your only son, the one you dearly love. Take him to the land of Moriah, and I will show you a mountain where you must sacrifice him to me on the fires of an altar. Is that an easy thing? No, if, if you're like me, that right there, I'll say, Lord, are you sure about this? <laughs> this was your promised child. To me, remember? I mean, I don't know. You know, when, when, when we argue, Lord, I know you already know what I'm about to say. But this time you seem like you don't know how this is going to end. This is going to end terribly. You want me to kill the son I love? Right? When we say, when we, when we recite Jeremiah 29, 11 in our hearts and in our minds, when he says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. And then you get this command. Can you actually say, okay. Folks, God's not going to ask you to sacrifice your son and burn him or your child and burn him. Well, what God is probably going to say is this. Go to the Bible study, whether your son or your daughter likes to or not. Go to church. Whether your dad or your mom approves it or not. Accept me as your Lord. Whether your family 
will consider you dead if you do. When those choices appear, right? We know that, hey, this is easy for Abraham because we read the next verse, right? We know how it ended. So Abraham got up. I know how it ended, right? God said, don't touch the boy for I will offer. I will bring, I will give you the sacrifice. I'll give you the ram. A representation of Jesus. Right? It's a representation of Jesus. But here, look at Abraham's obedience, his obedience. He got up early the next morning and he did everything he needed to do. He chopped up wood, he put a saddle in his donkey, and then he left with Isaac. No procrastination, no prayer meeting needed. No meeting with the elders needed. No business meeting needed. He provided to what he needed to, go, to do to obey God. Now, folks, how do you decide to obey God? What is your deciding factor when you are going to obey Him? Is it when it's comfortable for you? Is it when you can afford to do it? Is it when you love the person? Or is it when you hate the person? Is it when you want it? Is it what you want? Or is it what God wants from you? Most of the time, we decide based on our feelings. Based if we like the person or not. I'm going to share my, I'm going to share Jesus to this person because I love her. But I'm not going to share Jesus to this guy because I hate him. I don't like him. I think he deserves what he has coming. We don't say it that way because we're Christians, but we act that way. We don't obey God when it comes to uh, our money. We don't obey God when it comes to money because it's uncomfortable. When everybody, even me, talking about it right now is uncomfortable for me, but I'm going to do it. When it comes to money, folks, it's so uncomfortable for us to talk about. Because why? Because that's where our heart is. When it comes to money, we become so sensitive. Pastor's talking about money again. When, it, when it's a business meeting, we make our decisions based on what's in the bank. Not based on what God wants. It's based on what we, can, what we think we can afford. I think we can afford that, so I think that's the right thing to do. I think... I'm okay to obey God here because we can afford it. I get it. There's logic behind it. But then when Jesus said, when God told the Israelites to cross the Jordan River, to cross the Jordan River, was the water out already? Was the river empty? Was the river dry? No, the water was still there. And they were carrying the ark. And they were told, cross the Jordan. Cross the Jordan River. Did they say, Lord, can't you see there's water? No. They said, okay, God said cross, let's cross. One, two, water's still there. Water's still there. But before they put their, both guys <laughs> stepped on that, the water parted. So following God, do we only follow God when it makes sense? Do we, follow, do we only follow God when it makes mathematically sense, when it makes math correct? So how about Gideon? When Gideon was told, go and fight the Midianites, 
I know there's 144,000 of them, and okay, you only have 10,000. Reduce that to 300. And now you can go. Now you can go. Go ahead. Does that make sense, folks? Because faith in God, faith in God, if we think we can do it, that's probably not faith in Him. That's probably faith on ourselves. So when He calls us to do something and it's uncomfortable, trust me, that's God telling you to do it. Because I was comfortable sitting there with you guys four years ago. I was like, Lord, I'm good just sitting here confessing my sins every Sunday, you know, maybe every day. I'm good with that. But for you to call me to live and be a pastor, that's not me, Lord. Jonah, when Jonah was told, go and, and share to them. And it was uncomfortable for him. Why? Because he hated them. So what, he, what did he do? He went the other way. But he could afford that plane ticket. <laughs> but ship. He could afford it. He had money to go to Tarsus. Instead of where God wanted him to go. So folks, you, you affording it doesn't necessarily mean that's God's will. You affording it doesn't necessarily mean it's God's will. There's a story about this guy who was, he went on a diet. And he was so serious with going on the diet that he changed his route going to work. Because part of his route to his work was a donut shop that he loves. Right? Let's say it's Krispy Kreme. He goes, man, I'm going to have to change. It's going to add 10 more minutes to my drive. But you know what? I need to avoid Krispy Kreme. He did this for three whole months, three months in a row, right? Straight. Well, one day... He comes to work with Krispy Kreme, a Krispy Kreme box. So his friends at work, they're like, dude, what are you doing? You were so faithful for three months. What are you doing to yourself? And he goes, no, 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 no. Listen, 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 listen. This is different. This is, this is special. Because on my way there, I didn't realize, on my way to work, I didn't realize I was going to the same route. So I figured this must be God's will. Because... I mean, maybe today is God's will that I can have these donuts. Because, man, why am I here? So I prayed. was telling his friends. I prayed that, Lord, if this is your will that I have these donuts today, you will give me a parking spot right in front of the store. Right? Give me a sign, he said. And he said, true enough, after the eighth time of going around the place, I got a spot in the front. And then I prayed for it already. So this is sacred and blessed. Enjoy it with me, friend. Sometimes we make, we, we Christianese, we do all these Christianese things, right? We, we try to make it legal. We try to get God's stamp like, Lord, I know this is not what you want, but... Uh, Because it's uncomfortable, right? Most of the time it's uncomfortable. We would rather live our lives the way we want it. If we're all going to be honest, if we can just dictate to God how we want our lives until the end, we would have it that way. Lord, I want a happy marriage. I want a beautiful wife. I want a faithful wife. I want good children, successful children. I don't want any sickness. I want to die in my sleep. When I'm about 85, maybe. In Jesus' name, I pray. 
I want a trouble-free life, Lord. I mean, I ask for that. I ask for it, but it doesn't mean I'm going to get it. But then some of us, we continue to live and ask God like that way, and we treat our Christian walk that way. That any other thing that will trouble us, we're like, that's not, that's not from God. No, 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 no. This trouble, no, 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 this is not from God. What did Job say? What did God say to us that he said through Job? Do we only accept blessings from God and not trouble? The Bible tells us that both comes from him. Both comes from him. And Jesus already said, in this life, what life? A life with him, you will have trouble. Life with God is uncomfortable. Life with God is not a... St okay, it's not a storm-free life, but you're going to be storm-proof. Right? You guys know those... Those, those jackets, the waterproof jacket. It was popular in the 80s. I was like, hey, hey, check this out, man. This is waterproof. Look. Oh, it just slid down. It did soak in. That's what a Christian is. Our lives are it's not a storm-free life, but we are storm-proof because God is with us. Amen? So I know I heard the amens. I heard the amens. I do, and I want to believe the amens, because I say amen sometimes, but I'm like, amen, not any Lord, her. <laughs> amen, Lord, not now. Following Christ, a life with Christ is uncomfortable. That is why most of the time we disobey Him. But if we look at the examples of the disciples, the disciples, Peter and Paul, they were both martyred, in Rome in 66 AD. Paul was beheaded. Peter was crucified upside down by his request. Andrew went to the land of man-eaters, which is now known as the Soviet Union. Um, he was crucified there. Thomas was uh, pierced. His body was pierced by four soldiers with a spear. Philip, um, he was... Uh, cruelly put to death. Matthew, the tax collector, he was stabbed to death in Ethiopia. Bartholomew, you know, he had spread missionary travels, and then he was also martyred in southern Arabia. James, he was clubbed and stoned to death. Matthias, the one that replaced Judas, he was also, he, he, was, he died by the death of burning. John was the only one that wasn't, but he was exiled. He was exiled. But then it says here that um, he was cast into boiling oil at Rome. Some reports do say that. So that's the faith we have. All right, let's close in prayer. Gosh, what a good message. I can go through this week with a smile. No, the point is this. What kind of trouble are you going through? What kind, of, what kind of trial or what kind of test or punishment that you are going to go through compared to these guys if you obey God? What is it? 
What kind of uncomfortable thing are you going to go through? Is anybody here being threatened to be, you know, beheaded? Please raise your hand so we can help you. Is anybody here? I mean, we don't even live in a country where, I mean, we, we are free to gather and worship Jesus. But what are we afraid of? What are we so afraid of? Oh, it's uncomfortable to follow God, Joe, because I, I have to stop gambling. And I love gambling. Now, those are, those are fruits, right? The actions that we do. It comes from our heart. If you're still doing that, there's, and then you have to look at your love relationship with the Lord. Gambling itself, somebody will argue if it's not wrong. But for me, it becomes wrong if somebody sees you. <laughs> and then they'll call me like, hey, man, I know you guys talk about knowing Christ and becoming like him, but dude, let me take a... Mm, that's your member. <laughs> I've had those calls. I'm like, ah, you know, we're all saved by grace. Golly, why did he have to go to that? Why did he have to get caught, are my thoughts. <laughs> Another example. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember that? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were told to kneel down and worship the statue of King Nebuchadnezzar. They... They were, Nebuchadnezzar was so mad that they were defiant that he asked the guys that were working on the furnace to heat it up seven times more. But then this is the response of the three guys. Next slide, please. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Is that comfortable? Is that a comfortable situation for them to obey? No, not at all. Because it was either them obeying God and lose their lives and be burned to death, or just give in. Give in to what the world is telling him them to do. All they need to do was bow down, pretend. Some of us, we say this, the Lord knows my heart. Joe, God knows my heart. I know I didn't go to church for the past year, but God knows my heart. God knows my heart. I know, Lord, that I'm not obeying you in, in the offering part of my, my faith with you, but you know my situation. You know my heart. When, when Jesus gave the example of the, the lady that had nothing else but might. What did Jesus say? She gave her all. Well, everybody else gave in their surplus, with their surplus, she gave her all. Her obeying God in that, was that comfortable? No, it was not comfortable. 
But we tend to walk our lives with the Lord, obey God, when, if, and only if, it's comfortable to us. I will go to church, the church that God has chosen for me and my family. I will go to that church if I get a house closer to it because I really don't want to drive another 25 minutes to go there. Or, or if their songs, if their singing changes, if they change their song list, maybe I'll go to that church. Maybe if they change their Facebook page and become more, more in tune with the now, maybe I'll join that church. Maybe if they change some of their doctrines. No. All right? when, when, we're, when we're looking for a church, it should be the church that God has chosen for us. When we join the church, it should be the church that God has chosen for us. And the church, hopefully, that we're choosing are the, is the church that announces and teaches and lives by the truth of the Word. Living our lives for the Lord is not comfortable. Because comfort, I'm going to quote Brother Richard Fenimore here, comfort is not the goal, folks. Comfort is not the goal, but comfort is the result. Comfort is the result of what? Comfort is the result of an obedient life with Christ. If we know that we have obeyed God, no matter how uncomfortable the situation is, we should be comforted by that truth. Amen? Amen. I want to say more, but I'm running out of time. Look at this, 1 John 4, 9. This is how God's love was revealed, revealed among us. God sent His Son, His one and only Son, into the world so that we might live through Him. So that we might live through Him. You can't do it, folks. I can't do it. We can't, we cannot live this life perfectly. We cannot obey God at that moment that He's asking us to obey Him. We cannot obey Him. But we can through Christ who strengthens us. That is the only way to live this Christian life. This Christian life is an impossible life. It's impossible to live this life. But only through Christ. And once you let Him live through you, guess what? You'll be comforted. We all know John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Is that comfortable for Jesus? Was that comfortable for God the Father? If you're going to say, well, they're God, so yeah. No. I would say that that's a difficult, uncomfortable thing to do. Who among us here will sacrifice our child for people that we don't like? I certainly won't. But that's what God did. He gave Jesus, and Jesus gave His life for His enemies, you and me, for our sins against Him. But we want a scotch-free life, right? We want no trouble. 
We want the Christianity with no trouble. We want the Christianity with no trials. We want the Christianity of all blessings only. Blessings only. The box stops here. No more. No less. Just blessings. What made us think that the goal in our Christian life, or as a Christ follower, is a life of comfort only. Comfort in exchange of obedience to Him. Since when did we believe that lie? There are many churches that says that. And there are many so-called believers that are saying that. What? Why? If you truly study your word, all the people that followed God they followed him in the uncomfortable sense of things. When Jesus called the disciples, he said, come follow me. They have to leave what they were doing. They left their livelihood as fishermen. And they followed Christ that's just walking around. And God even said, Jesus even told them, go out there and bring nothing with you. Just whatever, just your sandals, that's it. Go and your clothes behind your back and go. Now, what, what do we do? Wait, 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 wait. Is there a budget for what I'm going to do? You're sending me out there. Can you afford sending me out there? I heard that the pastors out of, when they study in the, in the Bible school, before they choose a church, for them to choose the church that they're going to go to, they ask about benefits. What am I going to get? What are you going to give me as to become your pastor? You have a 401k? <laughs> How's your medical? What's the coverage? 80-20? Is that really how we, we go through now? We will only follow God and His calling when it fits us? Sometimes that's the answer. How about sharing the gospel? It's so uncomfortable to do. So we have chosen not to do it. Because it's uncomfortable. Never mind. Pastor Jewess is no longer here. He's not pushing for it anymore, so let's just forget about it. It's uncomfortable to live a holy life because everybody else is living the opposite way. I'm so tired of being the oddball. And then we see Paul Saying this in Philippians 2.8, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. The most excruciating way to die up to now is the crucifixion. To a point that excruciating, that excruciating word came from the crucifixion. Jesus took that uncomfortable way to die. But he was obedient. He was obedient to his father. And lastly, since this is, we're going to serve the Lord's Supper tonight, folks. And this is Jesus in his prayer while praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. Then he knelt down on the ground and prayed. Jesus praying, Father, if it is possible, don't let this happen to me. Father, this is in uh, CEV, CEV. Father, 
it is possible it is if it is possible don't let this happen to me father you can do anything don't make me suffer by having me drink from this cup but do what you want not what i want but let your will be done not my will folks have you prayed this way possibly but have you truly or are you truly living this way have you stepped out of your comfort zone and obeyed God even though it's so uncomfortable or are you still pursuing comfort that the enemy is propagating us don't do that it's uncomfortable well Jesus says go Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing, name, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Be holy as I am holy. If you love me, obey my commands. If we call or we claim to be Christians, Christ followers, we should not even think twice in the name of comfort. To obey Him. To live for Christ is to die to self. To live for Christ is to die to self. To die to self and obey Him is the true source of comfort and happiness. Our new nature, our new nature desires to please the Lord. Our Lord who is the true source of joy when we obey Him no matter how uncomfortable it is. This is John 15, 9-11. As the Father has loved me, Jesus speaking, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. Pursuit of happiness, the, why, the reason why you're not getting it, because happiness is temporary, but joy is permanent. Happiness is based on circumstances, but joy is amidst of circumstances. And that true source of joy is through Christ, and if we are obedient to Him. Living a full and overflowing life does not rest in bodily health, in circumstances, nor even in seeing God's work succeed, but in the perfect understanding of God and in the same fellowship and oneness with Him that Jesus enjoyed. But the first thing that will hinder this joy is the subtle irritability caused by giving too much thought to our circumstances. Sometimes we give our circumstances way too much importance than obeying God. Jesus said, the cares of this world choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. That's Mark 4.19. And before we even realize what has happened, we are caught up in our cares. Our cares to be in comfort than uncomfortable. All that God has done for us is merely the threshold. He wants us to come to the place where we will be His witnesses and proclaim who Jesus is 
no matter how uncomfortable it is. Folks, I hope that obedience to God, to God and your love for Him matters more than your comfort. I hope as you pursue comfort, I hope you're pursuing comfort from God, not away from God. And folks, it is a lie. To obey God probably will cost you more uncomfortable feeling than the opposite. But don't be a lukewarm Christian for Jesus will spit you out. I'm not talking about losing your salvation, but it's just, it's useless. Why would I even drink this? The Lord loves us. And the Lord is faithful. He who started the work in you is faithful to finish it. Again, you and I cannot do it alone. But with us letting the Holy Spirit take over our lives, we will be able to produce the fruit that God wants us to do. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your truth, Lord God, that you've given to us tonight. We thank you for your... Um, we know, Lord God, it's a heavy message. But regardless, Lord God, we thank you for the blessings that you've given us, the protection that you've given us. Amidst the trial, Lord God, that uh, we go through, I, we know, Lord God, that if we obey you, Father, you will constantly bless us and that you will give us that sense of comfort because you are with us, Lord. Let it be you, Lord God, that we pursue, Father. Not the comfort itself, but you, obeying you and being honest with you, being obedient to you. Forgive us, Lord, for the many times that we have denied you. Forgive us for the many times that we chose our comfort over you, Lord God. Lord, strengthen us, Lord God, and enable us, Lord, to walk this life, Lord God, glorifying you in everything that we say and do, especially, Lord God, when you call us to do so. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.